Welcome to the weekly message from Rayma Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rayma.org.au forward slash media. Well, we're on this series. It's called Where, Where is the Power? And uh, so we've had two weeks. Here's our text scripture. Psalm 62 and verse 11. It says, God has spoken plainly, and I have heard it many times. Power, O oh God, belongs to you. So we made these comments about that script, uh, uh, scripture. If we just isolated that one verse, we would maybe think, well, power belongs to God, and can we have any of it? And if we can't have it, how do we get the power? You know, how do we get God's power? So we started to look at these things. So here's what we looked at so far. We looked at resurrection power. We looked at gospel power. So this week we're going to look at forgiveness power. Now here's a couple key statements and then we'll move on from resurrection power. If you haven't been with us, you can go online and you can listen to this and actually look at the notes while you're listening to it with notes. Uh, But resurrection power, we made this statement. The resurrection life of Jesus quickens or makes alive our mortal bodies. Okay, so we all as Christians have his life in us. The resurrection and the glory of God, that power is on the inside of us and it quickens our mortal bodies. We also said that the God that we talk to is in us and is able to, more, and able to do more than we ask or think. Now here's the thing, like we, Christianity is the only religion. There's a lot of religions in the world but no other religion has the founder, <laughs> the God of it, that lives on the inside. Nobody is able to do that. I know some religions will mess and play with your mind and they'll get in your head, but we have a religion that gets into our heart, into our spirit, and that's the God that we talk to. And then another, uh, some key statements from gospel power that we looked at last week. In Adam we are subject to sin, but in Christ we're freed from sin. And thank God for that. And then also, we will only possess as much freedom as we see and do in the gospel. So one of the reasons why we get into our Bibles and under, to understand who we are in Christ, because the more we understand, the more we can possess. And, you know, there's, there's land to possess. What land are we possessing? Well, you know, in the Old Testament, they had physical land. They were possessing geography. They were possessing land, driving out people out of nations and, and put, taking the land that God wanted to give them. You know, the land that we take in this dispensation, the gospel dispensation, we take, if, if the devil stole your health, you can take that land back and, and get healed. Okay, if you have anything wrong with your emotions or anything wrong with any other part, we're taking the land back. We're possessing what belongs to us. And what is it? Spirit, soul, and body. God wants us to be well, spirit, soul, and body. So, like in the Old Testament, if their feet was on, you know, if their feet walked on it, they could have it. When your eyes read it, and when you read the Word of God, that's like your feet, be, you know, walking on it. And the more that you see, the more you can possess. So that's what's going on. So we we can be whole. That's God's desire is that we're whole, spirit, soul, and body. And with that in mind, we're going to talk today about forgiveness power. Okay, so uh, before we get into it, I want to just say a few things about that. Those two first Sundays, resurrection power and gospel power, those things are extremely powerful 
but I want you to think about this. You could understand, well, I got the resurrection life living in me, and I got gospel power, and I, un I understand who I am in Christ. Ah, but I'll tell you, if you don't have forgiveness power working in you, it nullifies that. It makes it of no effect. So this one could have been the first one we looked at, but this one definitely affects everything else. Now, somebody once said this about faith, that faith is principles and variables. What are the principles of faith? Well, what is faith? How does faith come? And how do we release faith? Those are the three, the ABCs of faith, as they're called. Okay, so really good. But then there's variables that affect the principles. What's a variable? It's something that, it's a variance. Okay, so here's an example. Uh, you're going to, and this happened, this is a true story. Somebody, uh, a minister was going to get on a, a small propeller airplane. It was their, their airplane. And they felt wrong, something wrong, so they just made a declaration like no evil will come near us, nothing's going to happen to us. And they got on and the plane crashed and they died, a couple of them. And so here's, here's, what, here's what the variable is. There's principles. So if you were standing there and you heard that minister make that declaration, you would think, wow, what a faith person. But here's the thing, the Holy Spirit was trying to say don't fly. It's not the right day to fly the person flew anyway okay so being led by the spirit is one of the variables that affect the principles of faith does that make sense so those principles another thing walking in love is a variable that affects the principle so you can understand what faith is how faith comes and how do you release faith but if you walk out of love it it injures you and it affects it affects the principles so the variables will affect the principles so the same thing is true with this. You might, uh, you might understand resurrection power, you might understand gospel power, but if you don't understand forgiveness power, it nullifies the others. So you can understand why it's really important. Before we get into it today, I, I wanted to just say these, um, to make sure we don't have any misunderstandings, I wanted to say a few things, and that's that total forgiveness isn't reconciliation. Total forgiveness is not reconciliation. What does that mean? Well, if, if a person is a child molester, uh, we, and, uh, we probably won't let them alone with our children because that happened. But here, here's what we do. We totally forgive them. But that doesn't mean the reconciliation would be that they're alone in, in, in a room with our children, okay? So you understand that there's a boundary there. Also, if there's a rapist, you know, uh, you fully forgive the rapist, but then it's probably good to go testify in court because, of course, if the rapist isn't born again and there isn't any change, then that person needs to get taken off the streets because they're going to do it to someone else. So you understand when we say totally forgive in certain situations, you know, unless God comes in and there's a, a, a a major transformation with people you have to put boundaries up if if there's somebody that's uh, abusing husband abusing a wife and 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 the, the wife is beat up and got black eyes you know and i don't know you know you see that in movies and those crimes and and, and they're getting abused that way and then when somebody wants to do something about it they go but i love them you know and and they and i and i don't know why that is but the thing is that in a case like that there needs to be boundaries put up so we're we we're the stewards of our own lives. That's the way God did it. So we're, we're responsible. 
So we should fully forgive somebody that would do abusive things, but sometimes boundaries are necessary. So I wanted to just say that before we got into this so there isn't any misunderstandings in that area, okay? So let's first of all start off here today, the effects of unforgiveness, okay? So here's some of the effects, and, and this is some of it's proven by medical doctors and everything. So I'm just going to go through this list that I found. Uh, you, and these, these things, it affects us spirit, soul, and body when there's unforgiveness. So have no energy, feeling drained, sense of hopelessness, loss of joy, extreme anger and rage, bitterness and resentment, loss of peace, no peace of mind, spiritual turmoil, unrest, sleeplessness and loss of energy, emotional uh, distress and torment, hatred, judgmental or critical of others, harmful retaliation to others, loss of friendships, damages and hinders relationships with others, unhappy homes and broken marriages, loss of favor can lead to murder, depression of all kinds, anxiety and fear, discouragement is detrimental to the health of your physical body causing many health problems and this is uh, proven now uh, by medical doctors it's been it's been a while that it's they proved that a long time ago sickness and disease uh, that, of which can eventually cause death or kill and then mental and spiritual roadblock to receiving restoration and divine healing so god wants us to be whole spirit soul and body and uh, uh, unforgiveness can actually block the healing of our bodies, even uh, things in the mind, like God would want us to have a, a mind that's not tormented, but sometimes actually by not forgiving, uh, our minds are not healed. So we're gonna look into that today, all right? So here's where we wanna start off, going positive now. And for anybody that's ever been abused or hurt in any kind of a way, just like those uh, movies or shows that they have out where somebody's being abused, somebody wants to do something about it, but they don't want to come forth, they don't want to do anything. And sometimes people think like, well, they, sometimes people will lose in the whole thing of abuse and hurt and being offended, like where's God in all of it? So here's the first thing we want to look at, where, where the Lord is in it. The Lord is still with us after we are wronged. Now I know that's really easy, but we want to look at something, the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph was wronged terribly. They dug a pit, his brothers, they threw him in the pit with the intention of him dying in that pit. There just happened to be a band of travelers coming by and they sold him into slavery but they wanted him dead They're his own brothers okay that's bad it's a little worse than verbal abuse it was more than verbal okay they wanted him dead so look at here in genesis chapter 39 and verse 1 it says when joseph was taken to egypt by the ishmaelite traders that's that band of travelers there he was purchased by potiphar an egyptian officer potiphar was captain of the guard for pharaoh the king of egypt now look at this in verse two the lord was with joseph so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his egyptian master okay so no matter what has happened in your life 
the first thing you don't ever want to confuse is if somebody here on the earth does something cruel to you, even if it's your father or mother, and many times the father on the earth represents, in a sense, as a godly figure, and many times people get an image of God because of what their natural father does. If that has happened, the first thing you have to know is don't confuse a natural father or somebody on the earth with what God is thinking. And what you see here is God was with Joseph, even though Joseph was, you know, they did terrible, his brothers had a terrible plan. God didn't leave Joseph. So make a note of that. God did not leave Joseph. Then let's look at this, then I'll tie these together. Not forgiving cripples us, not our offender. Okay, now look at this, uh, Genesis 39.3. Potiphar noticed this and realized that Joseph, what, I mean, realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. So you know, when somebody does a terrible thing, and even, like I say, it could be a natural father, uh, or even something recent that a friend did, a lot of times we'll have a tendency to wear it on our face. Like we were hurt, and it shows on our face, and everybody knows it. You can tell by looking. But I want to just ask this question. Would it seem like that Potiphar noticed the Lord was with Joseph, and he noticed something about Joseph? Could it be safe to say that Joseph really forgave his brothers and let go of that quickly? And because of that, Potiphar noticed that the Lord was with him, and he noticed that he had favor on his life. So with that thought in mind, uh, I, I have this statement that came to me as I was preparing. Favor was on Joseph, but he had to forgive his brothers in order to cooperate with that favor. And so here's the thing, if, something, if somebody does something to, to you, that doesn't mean God feels that way about you. That person might feel that way about you. You could have had a father that was not a very good father. That was your natural father. Your heavenly father has been with you. Okay, now here's what we don't want to do. We don't want to get so involved in what was done to us that we miss out on cooperating with the favor that God has on our life. Because God is with all of us. And God, his favor is with, we all have the favor of God available to us. But if we want to participate and cooperate with that favor, unforgiveness will stop that. It'll block it. All right, so that's why this is so important. Here's another statement. Until we totally forgive, we are the ones in chains, but when we fully forgive, we are also released. All right, so you, you don't want to keep yourself in chains. I, I don't want to be in chains, and in my position and place, I've had plenty of things that were said and done to me over the years, but I choose not to be chained up by being in unforgiveness and letting that hinder my life and make me less than what God has ordained me to be. And, it, and that's the same way with every single person in this room. You don't want to be less than what God has ordained you to be by allowing yourself to be chained by hanging out in that place of unforgiveness, okay? So let's look at this. And here's what we'll do today. Um, 
I'm gonna, we're going to be looking at some things. We want to look at how we know that we are fully forgiven. So as we look at these things, here's a challenge for you. As we look at it, if you can see by what we look at today that you haven't fully forgiven, would you be willing to do it after? And I'm not going to, of course, have anybody stand up and do it publicly, but would you be willing to make the adjustment in your heart after we look at this if you find out that maybe I haven't let go, maybe I haven't totally forgiven? So let's do this, and then you can make your own decision here. But here's the first thing. That you would know if you totally forgive okay, here's what you, you'll know. You, won't, you don't broadcast your experience. We don't broadcast our experience. So look at Genesis 45 and verse 1, and look what it says. It says, Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all of his attendants, and he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. So instead of doing this, which he could have done very easily. He was the most powerful man in Egypt, okay? Everybody adored Joseph. He could have, actually, he could have talked about his brothers the whole time he was in office there and in his position, and when his brothers showed up, everyone could have already known how terrible they were, how they dug a pit, how they threw him in it, how they wanted to kill him. Nobody knew that. So think about Joseph let go of that to such a degree that nobody knew that worked closely with him. He had servants in his house, attendants. They didn't know what his brothers did. And to me, I think that's amazing. That's, that's when you know you're no longer broadcasting what happened to you. You know you've totally let go of it and you've forgiven. So Joseph uh, did not do that. He put everybody out. There was nobody in the room, and he was going to talk to his brothers, and he did, at, at that moment, he didn't want anybody there when he talked to them. He could have had everyone say, hey, stay in here with me. I don't trust these guys. You know, they, they did this to me a long time ago. They might try to do something now. He didn't do any of that. I mean, it's like, that is like a major let go, forgive thing. Okay, that, then uh, here's, here's a, something that came to me about that. If we're still broadcasting it, we are also still holding on to it, okay? So how do we know if we totally forget? If we still broadcast it, we know we're still holding on to it. When we stop broadcasting it, we know we've let go of it, okay? Then uh, here's something else. Uh, how do you know that you've totally forgiven? Well, we won't let them be afraid of us. And I know that some of us men, you know, we would like to make people afraid of us that hurt us, you know. That's, that's what the flesh, and I'm sure ladies could feel the same way, but uh, look at this in Genesis chapter 45 and verse 3. It says, Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. So here they are now with the most powerful man in Egypt, and he says, I'm your brother. I'm the guy that you dug the pit and threw me in and you wanted me dead. Is, is my father still alive? They couldn't even talk. They were so terrified. Now look at his next move in verse 4. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. So the way that that seems to me is like they're terrified and they won't say a word 
and then he says, come close, that seems pretty warm to me. He, he pulled them in. So what did he do there is he made sure that they weren't afraid. So put that, apply that. You know, I've had some things happen to me, and, uh, and I think I, I, I can't say some of the things because I, 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 for um, privacy reasons, what's the word I want? Confidential, thank you. I knew that, that somebody over there would say, for confidentiality reasons, I can't say some things. You know, but I've had some things happen to me that it would think, that is it safe to be around that person? But I went around that person. And you just have to know God is with you, and even physically for, for protection, you know, that kind of a thing. And, but you have to be led by the Spirit, and I felt like in my spirit it was okay. But I, I did know that I had to let go of it to even be around a person that, that would do that to me. And you just let go of that. Um, now, if the Holy Spirit says, stay away, because remember what we said earlier, um, if there's abuse and it's not ended and there's no change with the person, then stay away because you could get hurt. But if there is a change with a person and you feel okay in your heart, then you can, you can go around them. But if you, if you can't let go, but you, you never can go around them. Does that make sense? So you just have to be led by the Spirit on those kind of things. Okay, so that's what you see here, that Joseph, he took the high road. And here's the thing, Joseph didn't expect an apology he didn't expect an apology. You know, a lot of times when somebody does something really bad, we want them to get on their knees and we want them to, you know, roll on the floor and cry in front of us and say, I'm so sorry. Joseph had a lot of, he had many days that he could meditate on what his brothers did, but instead of meditating on what his brothers did uh, and getting all full of that, he didn't even expect an apology from his brothers when they showed up. You, you understand how powerful it was that he let go of that okay and you know with husband and wife the way that we could say the man the man says well i'll love you when you submit and the wife says i'll submit when you love me and that's that vicious circle you know and when we say submit in case you don't under we're not talking about the guy being a dictator but we're just saying the, the marriage relationship and it can just be a vicious circle. When you submit, I'll love you. No, when you love me, I'll submit. And it's, psh, psh, you know, that kind of a thing. Well, with all relationships, if they're going to work, somebody has to yield first. And really, the bigger person in the relationship will yield first. Bigger, what do I, the more mature person, the, the person that decides to, to do what the Bible says, okay, I'm going to yield. I, I want this thing fixed, so I'll take, I'll, I'll take the high, I'll do the, I'll take the high road, and I'll humble myself because I want this thing to be fixed, okay? Here's another thing we see. Uh, how do you know you've fully forgiven? Because we don't let them feel guilty. Now look at Gen Genesis 45 and verse 5. It says, and now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourself for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Now look at what he tells them. They're like terrified. He calls them in close, and then he says, don't be distressed and don't be angry with yourselves. Now sometimes we have to forgive ourselves. They, they had to, he was trying to help. He was so gentle and loving that he says, come in close, and then he's, then he's trying to help them to forgive themselves. Don't be angry with yourself. 
He took the guilt off of them. Now, that's, that takes, in the world, without God, that's a hard thing to do. But with God and having the fact that God, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit, we're able to do things that don't make sense to the world. We should be, because we have that kind of love. Jesus, now, he was, there's nobody that was on that level. He's on the cross. He was beaten and tortured, and he's on the cross, and he makes the statement, <clears throat> Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. What a statement. After they did all that to him, that's what you call, like, seeing the big picture. Because Jesus knew the devil wanted him dead. He knew, he understood the spiritual realm, and he understood that the devil influenced a group of people to crucify him. And he knew that they, they, they couldn't really protect themselves very well because they weren't saved, they weren't Christians, and the, the devil influences them. So he saw the big picture and he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And here's, here's a thought for you. Do you see the big picture all the time with people? Because when you start seeing the understand, when you understand and see the big picture, you'll understand that some people, they're not saved. So they do what they do because they don't know Jesus. Then for some Christians, in their background, they had a few things that weren't quite right, so they might have some insecurities. And their insecurities cause them to behave that way and if you are mature enough to see the big picture, you'll think, well, they said that, but that was motivated out of something that happened in their life. They haven't really overcome that yet, and they have some insecurities. And you know what? I understand why they're doing that. Like, and, and I forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand. You see what I'm saying? You see the big picture. But it's like, it's, it's our choice. Do we want to grow, or do we always just want to wear, like they say about the Italians, which I can say this, and I, I can make fun of Italians because I'm Italian and I can pick on them I'm 100% full blood of Italian okay so I'm, I'm allowed to pick on them but they say well the Italians they wear their feelings on their shoulders you know and so they, they, they just get so emotional and they're hurt so much and so I grew up as an Italian but you know I got born again so even though I have Italian blood and I'm a full-blooded Italian I have the life of God on the inside of me, I, I, I've got something different now that's supernatural, and I don't have to wear my feelings on my shoulders. I don't have to get hurt really easy, and I don't have to carry that. I can let go of it because I'm, I'm empowered by God, and I don't, I don't have to be like my fellow Italians that aren't, are not Christians are, okay? So Joseph, he didn't do that. When you see that he took the guilt, he didn't do an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. He didn't do that with his brothers. That's the law. The, the law was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. We're under grace, okay? Okay, so let's look at this. Looks, uh, we, um, and here's how you know when you're fully forgiven. We get consumed with our purpose. That's, that's you, you know when you're going forward and you're consumed with your purpose that you've fully forgiven. Okay, so Joseph, and you think about it, what happened to Joseph, that can, that can be such a devastating thing that your brothers try to kill you. You, you. you know, the majority of people without God, they would probably have to go to a psychiatrist and get help 
you know, like that could mess you up bad when somebody tries to kill you like that without God, okay? So that's, that's where Joseph was. But look at here, you can kind of see that Joseph decided to go on with his life. That's how you know you totally let go. Genesis 45 and verse 6, it says, For two years now there have been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will not be plowing and reaping. Now look at this. But God sent me. I underline that. He says, but God sent me. Well, I thought they dug a pit. They threw him in the pit. Uh, the Ishmaelites came along, and they thought, oh, instead of him dying here, let's sell him into slavery. He says, God sent me. Now, think about all of the years that he had to meditate and think about that, where he could have thought, hey, I'm in Egypt because of my brothers. Um, you know, but he said, God sent me. He, 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 he found out what his purpose was and he went on with his purpose in life. You could tell that he wasn't thinking about what happened to him, okay? Look at this verse. Genesis 45 and verse 8. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler to Egypt. So you can see here that he was consumed with his purpose. Again, he said, it wasn't you that sent me here. That, that's a big thing to say, well, because it really seemed like it would have been him. He got so consumed with why he was on the earth that he didn't have time to look back. Okay, you know, with all of the power that he had in Egypt, he could have got some... He could have got a couple chariots and jumped on a chariot and he could have gone to look for his brothers. He could have went looking for them. Like, we're, we're, I'm going to go find them. I'm powerful enough to find them and I'm going to go find them and I'm going to take care of this because I got the power now to do it. He got so consumed with his purpose that he didn't want to look back. Okay? So we, we can see that we have a choice. What do we think about? What do we meditate? So here's an examination list. Remember I said if, if we look at this today and, if, and after looking at this, if you can see that you haven't totally let go of something, will you be willing to do it? So here's an examination list to help us out today. Here's the first thing. How much time do you spend thinking about past hurts? Okay. How, how much time do you put into that? Because any time into past hurts is wasted time. I really don't think Joseph spent any time. All right? Here's another one. How often do you talk about past hurts? You know there's a scripture. It, it, it's the King James translation, but it says, take no thought by saying. saying. So that kind of leaves us with the impression that it's one thing to have a thought. It's another thing to say the, the thought. It's, it's, when you start saying your thoughts, it kind of concretes those things. It starts to concrete those things into your life. Okay? So um, it, it's not good. It, it's, it's not good to talk about the things. It, it, starts con it makes it solid. It, it starts to solidify it into your life. Look at this. Do you... 
do you have ill will against the person who, who hurt you? And, and if there is ill will there, then there, is, there hasn't been a total forgiving. There hasn't been a total letting go. Uh, let's look at another one. Are you willing to finally let go of it and release that person? And, and everyone has to come to that place. You, you know, I, I came to that place. That some of the things that I can't say for confidenti- confidentiality reasons, uh, that I came to a place with a certain person that in my prayer closet, I said, Father, I forgive that person. And then I began to pray for that person that that person would have God's best in their life. Okay? And, uh, it, but I had to come to that place. And I did come to that place. And uh, so as far as, you know, uh, where are you? The faster you come to that place, I mean, today would be a good time to come to that place. Don't put it off, because the faster you come to that place, the faster that the chains are broken in your life and you're released. So getting there quickly is a good thing. And then this one last thing, are you then willing to pray for that person that they have God's best in their life? And, that, and that's basically what I did. I let go, and I decided that I was going to pray for that person that, that they would have God's best in their life, okay? So today is a great time for anybody here that you would say, I want to let go of this thing. I want to totally release it. So we're not going to have you stand up. We're not going to make, make a, 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 a big spectacle out of it. But it's something that you can do on the inside. You make that choice. So why don't you just close your eyes with me today. Father, I thank you for everyone that's in this room today. And Lord, I thank you so much for the power of forgiveness. Father, I thank you that we have you on the inside of us. And because we have you on the inside, we have an advantage that the world does not have. We have supernatural Ability, because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart, we have supernatural ability to let go, to release. Father, I, I thank you for just ministering to everybody that's here. Thank you, Father, for helping people take steps that they haven't taken by forgiving and releasing and forgetting. And just with your eyes closed, you know, just take a few minutes, you know, you can, you can whisper. God hears, by the way, God hears you when you whisper. But if you just need to whisper and forgive somebody, it's a good time to do it. Just release the person. Just say, Father, I, I forgive forgive that person what they did I release that person and I choose to love that person I have no ill will against that person I have I have the God kind of love on the inside of me I choose to love that person I pray and I ask that that person would have your that you bless that person and they would have your best in life Lord that you would help that person that you would actually speak to that person 
if you can do that if they're a Christian, you would speak to that person, Father, and show them what they're doing. So you can, you can do that right in your seat and just whisper and take care of it right now. It releases you. And then, just want to encourage you that sometimes you have to repeat that as needed. Because I know from experience, it's something I do as a lifestyle. In, in my position as a pastor, you hear many things, many things that aren't so complimentary or good. Uh, you deal with a lot of different things, and I choose not to allow those things to stay with me. Um, I don't think, as a congregation, you would want me to come here and preach my hurts. It, it, you, it wouldn't cause you to be healthy in your Christian walk. As a pastor, I'm responsible to stay healthy spiritually because I don't want to spread bad health to you so when I, I do this for I practice this for a living it's, re, it's part of my job description I must practice forgiving and letting go so I can stay healthy so what comes out of my mouth and heart helps you to be healthy so I know our church is too big now for me to, to visit everybody during the week and to have supper with you but one way I can show you that I care and that I love you is I can dig into the Word of God and I can find the things in God's Word that can help you to get established and help you to have a, a completely victorious Christian life that you're, you're healthy spirit, soul, and body. And so that's one way that I can say that I love you uh, and that's what I'm doing. But one thing that you can do is the things that I get from the Lord and I work on to give to you put them into practice so my heart is that you guys have victory spirit soul and body that you're you're well spiritually you're 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 well emotionally in your minds that you have victory physical health and all those things so that's my heart's desire thanks for listening we're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives if you have a story that you would like to share about how God is working in your life please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at